definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning to you and yours. It is the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff McGuire in for Choice Woodman, who is in for Chuck Hines on the morning drive. Sitting alongside Jeff Haxton and Lucas White across the way, sliding slides, pushing buttons for us, as he always does so very well here on the end of the bench. It is a Dos El Jefes edition. Hacks victorious on Saturday with the Red Raider basketball team uh, over Vanderbilt in a win that he called for being a massive win for a, a, a large win for the Red Raider basketball team, as he informed us last week that it should be. So uh, happy trails on the way home had to be. Yeah, it was great. It was, um, it was one of the best trips we've ever had, I think. I mean, we got to get down there uh, in the evening time, so it didn't seem like... Although Saturday was a long day, um, <laughs> not like yeah. football, but no, it was definitely a long Saturday yeah. when we were doing the the double T ninety seven three Coors Light post game show in the wee small hours of the morning. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a long one, man. Um, but just sitting there waiting around that kind of deal. But um, now I, the the only thing for me now was, that was spooky was number one, you're staying in the hotel. That's the last place JFK ever slept. Were you in his room? No, I don't think so. Feels like a missed opportunity there. Well, I don't want to be. <laughs> so he gets up, has a speech, goes to Dallas. And we all know what happens there. So they plaster that everywhere. This is the last night the JFK ever spent. It was here, and he did an address afterwards. But it was also where I got really sick last year. Ooh. Personal problems at this place. Wow. Yes. And the room that I started my battle in, um, luckily, was not faced the same way. And it was was a little bit different. But it's still the the carpeting, the furniture, all really spooked me out quite a bit. Um, Because by the time I got home, I was headed for my uh, dang near deathbed. So... And it's almost the exact time that I was over there last year. We were over there on December 31st, so mid-December for this one. So uh, that's the only problem that I had, and it turned out to not be a problem because I didn't come home sick, which is great. Um, You know, baseball player stuff, all the the superstition and just things that rattle around your brain. But uh, great plane ride. I mean, you get to fly to Fort Worth, you're truly spoiled. Um Great stay, played great, ate great, great trip. Came home with a win. Came home with an easy W. And low blood pressure, I imagine, well, it got a little tight when it got down back down below double digits. And then your defense picked up and you stopped, I don't want to say you stopped running a non-offense, because I think you were running an offense. It just wasn't what had gotten you up to that point. And with the big lead and got back to getting to to do what you were doing well in that game. And that that's really where it kind of started to open up and it never really looked like it was a game after that point. A, that you had taken Vanderbilt's best swing. 
Yep. And right out the n- gates in not, the second half. Not only did you take it, you're like, all right, cool. Done with you now. Thanks for the whatever. If if that was your haymaker, uh, you need to get back in the ring a little bit. You kind of submitted them. I think is what I would say. You they <coughs> excuse me gave their best shot you at the start of the second sick. half. I'm fine <laughs> and. They got to a point where they didn't want to play anymore. They were tired. Um, the back in, back in, fall away from 15 or 18 feet uh, offense is not one that's going to have much success at the collegiate level, maybe at the NBA level if you got Dirk. Um, but they, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, um, I, I don't know what kind of coach he is, but the thing that I saw – um, was not very impressive with how he he didn't feel it, it, it almost felt like at one point in my ORU days Isaiah Thomas was the coach for Florida International and he brought oh, yeah. his Florida International team into the Mavis Center mm-hmm. for a game and you could tell he didn't care he did not want to be there and that's kind of the the feeling I got from Coach Stackhouse. Uh, and his players had that look to them as well. They are really bad, um, Vanderbilt. So you needed to take it, take advantage and, and lay the smack down. And you did. Mm-hmm. And that was nice to see. Uh, then got a nice win over uh, Cal in the bowl game in a game that took forever. Dude, we, in got, the second half. we got back from a 6.30 tip-off in Fort Worth we got back with eight minutes left in the ball game. I'm surprised there was that little time left. That second half, I mean, it was a slow game to begin with, which you'd figure with the two running backs that you had involved in this game that it wasn't going to be that long of a game. Uh, I think the first half, the first quarter was an hour and a half long by itself. Yeah. Just by itself was an hour and a half. And that's when, like, Garrett sent me the text message, all of our hopes of an early post game show are now out of the window. Are now dashed. Uh but it wasn't so bad. Uh I do want to give the the credit to some guys from Learfield. Super short post game show for them. Uh, they were out at 11:30, which meant we were out at 12:30. So that no, I take it back. We started at 12:30. So they were out at 12:30 and then we were done at 1:30. So that wasn't as late as it could it could have been a 2 o'clock post game show. Like we have seen a post game show go that way before, uh, for our, on our side, uh, over on Double T ninety seven three. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, I will say this: I I must have been really happy with the Tech basketball win and the Tech football win because I was not phased by whatever we saw yesterday afternoon in Buffalo by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Really, it wasn't even like didn't even it was it was like oh we're playing this game today. Yeah. Like being the Cowboys are going to play this type of game yeah. today, and went cool. Wonder what's going on online. And so I had the game on, and I'm going through things. Man, just fugly. That's what that game was. the The Cowboy game. The only word I can describe is fugly. Everything that you do well, you didn't do well yesterday afternoon. If, if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're the Bills fan in the building, he loved every second of that game as he should. But uh, yeah, just oh, this is the game. Oh, this is when we decide to throw the the silly pick and have 134 yards passing and look like you did against Arizona and San Francisco. Cool. 
when I was about town last night, I just asked some Cowboy fans, you know, hey, how are you feeling? And it was almost like I'm I'm done with these guys. And I'm like, wait, wait. You can't be done with these guys. They're one of the four best teams in the NFL. They had a bad night. You have bad nights. But I think Cowboys fans have been burned and burned and burned. And oh, burned many and times. Burned burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burnt so they're, they're like, oh, here's toast coming again, you know, because it's getting down to when this really going to count. And we got Miami next week. And I'm telling you, I bet you they wear Miami out. I'm just, I, I picked this. I picked this to happen. Cowboys going to get drilled. I picked it on you Friday. It, I have it, proof. It felt like this is what was going to happen. Just with what they'd done, with the obstacles they'd cleared with the Eagles, with finally having to get out of Dallas and play in, in some real conditions and all those things, it felt like it was set up for a, for a loss. We'll hit you with what you need to know on the way next. On the end of the bench on 100.7, the score. Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. The ups and downs, the what you need to know on 100.7 The Score and the end of the bench. We're going to start with the negative because we've got a lot of positive to talk about. And this way we can get rid of this Cowboys debacle. It's the only Real way I can describe it. 31-10 to 10 to the Buffalo Bills uh, fall on the road. 10-4 and four now on the year. Dak Prescott, not his best game. 134 yards passing, no touchdowns, one interception in the loss. I'd love to tell you that the Cowboys defense did their part too, but um, 179 yards on the ground from James Cook. Total 266 mm. for the rushing attack for the bu- uh, bu- uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, 7 for 15. So uh, you were really able to keep that passing game in check while giving up 266 uh, yards on the ground. Uh, Bills improved to 8 and 6 on the year. Cowboys fall to 10 and 4. Houston Texans continue their push to try to make the playoffs. They win 19 to 16 over the Tennessee Titans. Did it without their starting quarterback who was still injured. Case Keenum starts the game 23 for 36 to 29. One touchdown, one pick in the win for the Texans. Uh, they are back in action, I do believe, on Sunday when they uh, kick off at noon versus the Cleveland Browns. Cowboys taking on the Dolphins on Sunday at 2.30 over on Double T 97.3. Uh, positive news now because, well, that's just what things do, and we're going to continue going in reverse order of the weekend. How about the Texas Tech Red Raiders taking down the California Golden Bears 34-14? to Nice 20-point win in the Independence Bowl. Baron Morton, nice night, 27-43 to for 2.56. Three touchdowns, one pick. Taj Brooks, this close. He's this close. Had some chances at the end of the game. It wasn't like they forgot about him completely. Completely, There were several drives where you did forget about Taj Brooks, which we will, I'm sure, talk about at some point coming up today. 98 yards, one touchdown in the win. Not a bad day for the Red Raider football team. Men's basketball team, as we discussed a little bit here on the program, 76-54 win over Vanderbilt. Not even a game that was really in contention for most of it. Got a little close to the beginning of the second half, but uh, handled your business on the road overall. Thoughts rolling in on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Get yours in, too. 
at 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Uh, what was the... I, it's it's hard to say that the men's basketball game was as important as the bowl game because it was the bowl game. It's the last game of the season. Uh, a 7-6 and six record for Tech in football is exponentially better than a 6-7 and seven record going into the offseason. But you can make the argument Tech basketball still needing to put some wins together and still needs to do what they need to do to gel as a team, and it would have been a worse loss to lose to Vanderbilt than to lose to Cal in the bowl game. Yeah, it would oh yeah, it'd have been a lot worse if basketball would have lost. Um and if you would have had both lose that it would be it would be flat out embarrassing. Uh, at least you had a team that had got it earned its way to a bowl game in the Cal Bears by winning their last three games and I think four of their last five maybe. I mean they had that loss to USC and then they won uh, all the way down the stretch and, and really clobbered UCLA um, to get to the bowl. So at least they showed a pulse. Vanderbilt has no pulse. Right. So it would have been very embarrassing. It would have been a horrible um, – it would be like taking your uh, resume for the, the March Madness and setting it on fire is what that would have been like. It would have been like losing to that Louisville team last year mm-hmm. that you beat in Maui. And so you, yeah, we, we don't talk about Maui. Yeah. We, we don't need to talk about Maui. Yeah. Girls but, are girls are there right now, aren't they? Right, right. The 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 girls can talk about Maui, and and we can talk about the girls being in Maui, and we can even talk about some different girls that are in Maui. I'm sure there's some that are very worthy of being discussed. Um, however, we we don't even talk about last year Maui. That, that's dark dark days. You don't want to talk about it? Why not? That was the. Dark days. Yeah, it was really pretty there. I got to swim, <laughs> have a mai tai, and it was, it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, no, but um, it's it's great for Texas Tech football to capture some momentum. Um, I will be of the posture of prove it next year. Oh, for football. Well, here's the deal. I was on the basketball train. I was like, we're still doing this year. <laughs> Lucas, did you grab Chip Kelly? Did you grab that for me? You don't have to play it right now, but did you grab it? Okay, I, I want to pitch to it here in just a little bit. Um, Texas Tech's creative team, if you watch just that, those videos that get put out, the hype videos, mm-hmm. you would th- you will th- come away thinking that your team is going 11-1. and 10-2. and two. I mean, before sure. this year started. I mean, that's kind of their job. I know, but before this year started, I bit and uh, and had a nice you, lunch with all the hype. You were not the only. There I were know, lots of us enjoying that. Meal. I know, but I did it maybe the worst. I said they were going to at least play for a, a Big Twelve <laughs> championship and go ten and no, two. I, you, you, you must have missed when we were going through the schedule in the morning drive one day, and it we were putting wins and losses through. The, you know, what what do you think is going to be? Uh, the the hardest game I think is how the question started. Sounds so, like an August show to me is what this sounds th- like. This was set, this yeah this was before we kicked off the season so it had to be August. And Chuck's going through the schedule. He's like yeah I'm 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 saying eight and four but let's see where we're at. So he goes through the schedule and he said well you got a roll here and a roll here and you know he he gets into Texas and you're eleven and zero. Oh my gosh, 
So he finishes the season eleven and one. Now, actually, I take it back the the first question was uh, Tech's first loss of the season will be the Baylor week, and he's like, "No, I don't know about that." So he goes through the schedule. Tech ends up going eleven and oh, eleven yeah. and one. Okay, well, he did more than I did. So uh, we all bid hard, and and I we said many times on I think across the the plethora of shows that we have on our two radio stations that we wouldn't take eight and four at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I remember I that. Liked our chances at nine and three too much. I remember that. Yep, not taking that. So I'm going to be December eighteenth. I'm going to be in the uh, anybody not taking eight and four now. I'm going to be in the prove it camp. Uh, that's for sure. But that being said, back to back winning seasons, mm-hmm. three straight bowl wins. Well, three straight winning seasons. You were you were a winning season the year before. Mm-hmm. You won the bowl game. To make a bowl, you got to have at least five hundred. Duh, you're right. And you've won three games. Now it's two under Joey McGuire. I, and I was thinking conference. Two. Oh, conference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Conference. That's, that's completely records. different. Yes, absolutely. Which is a gigantic step in the right direction. So, I am uh, excited, but I'm going to just take it easy a little bit when it comes to next August. And here in December, I'm saying I'm not going to jump on the hype train, but I do think they will be better next year. And we will see what they fire out. I want to fire this out real quick with Chip Kelly. He's He's got a fix for college football. And I think this has a lot of merit. The head coach of UCLA. What is the the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal? And what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem. And I think we need to have a conference commissioner. And I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spent time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group, and so there's 132 teams, and we all share in the same ter- we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one, and the Sun Belt doesn't have another, and SEC has one, and they have another. That we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five. You can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You can do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done. That money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've I think, I think that's getting paid across the board. Obviously, players are getting paid, and obviously he's, he took one letter there and reversed it Reversed it because that's national letter of intent, not NIL um, name, like, and, I, and image. Name, name image, and likeness. Name, like, and image. And, yeah. Uh, wait. Name, name, like. Name, like, and image. Uh, when we come back, I'll tell you what I <laughs> agree with the most on that. Okay. Show. And then uh, we'll take your thoughts. 
Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Okay, so now as we roll through our day here, we have put a bow on the Red Raider football season. I think everyone within the sound of my voice would agree. You you finished okay. The the shellacking that you got from Texas make takes it away from possibly being good to being okay. Because you made a bowl, you won the bowl game, you're going into the offseason, but not a successful season. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And while not necessarily a complete disappointed, a disappointment in a season, a, di- a leaning toward disappointment for the expectations we had going into the year. A disappointment for what we saw on the offensive side of the ball from everybody not named Taj Brooks. A positive of everything you saw from your defense this year and your special teams. That you were carried a lot of the games this year by those sides of the ball and being taken care of with your defensive backs who were absolute ball hawks at times this year. And your new your your rookie rookie your uh, freshman linebackers who look like absolute studs in the future, and the core of your defensive line that absolutely stuffed holes all season long for opposing running attacks and kept you in ball games, with the exception of a couple that just got out of hand and you were outmanned and outgunned, or maybe not awake yet. Like on the season. Yeah. A lot to like, a lot to be disappointed about. I feel like a C minus would be how I would grade the team if we were doing grades. Um D plus C minus. I'd say C plus. Creep it on a B is where I would put it. Um and the reason that I do that as I give a little bit of leeway to the ghost of quarterback health that needs to be dealt with. I mean, I think we need to get Peter Vinkman in here <laughs> and have him go to work on this this thing that just kind of hangs over mm-hmm. Jones. Maybe getting out and getting into the new locker room, you know, because they're tearing everything down and they're transferring over. Maybe the that ghost will just stay around that area. Because <clears throat> with Shuck first game last year, and I'm just going to go back to last year. You can go back as many years as you want to Mahomes, and um, you'll find injuries. And, there, and there. you'll find quarterback injuries. I, mean, I remember Jet Duffy playing on a broken foot in 10 degree weather at Kansas State. Um, Shuck last year first game. I go to get a my son a pretzel, and we come back, and the quarterback's done for. <laughs> Uh, most of the year. Um, this year, again, whether it was him checking down to it or the coaches saying you're going to run it almost every other play uh, was not going to work out well. Mm-hmm. It was not going to was not going to work out well. And as much as he ran it against Oregon, and and when they needed to, they changed everything with how they were playing against Wyoming. They were playing one way, and then they played a completely different way, which was put it in the hands of Shuck and let him run. 
So that ends up getting him hurt, and then all of a sudden Barron's hurt, and then now you're already weak wide receiver core. Um, doesn't have anybody that can get it 40 yards down the field. So the fact that you were able to navigate that, having Jake Strong playing a game, nothing against Jake, but he's as green as they come. Um, having to navigate all that and get into a bowl and winning a bowl puts me at a C plus. All of those factor into why I didn't go D. Because it, you did see a lot of things that you'd sit there and go, well, this is why. And you look at the lack of production from your wide receivers that we thought, as Texas Tech fans, hey, you're Texas Tech football. You're going to find wide receivers that can catch the football. And then we see wide receivers that can't break a press or can't run a slant and get open or stop two yards short of a first down on a third and eight when they do their stop and, and mm. spin and sit as opposed to going almost literally one more stride. So when they stop and turn, they're standing on the first down marker as opposed to being two yards short. You see guys working to get open. You expect guys to work to get open as opposed to what we saw this year. You also had a bunch of guys, as you saw in the bowl game, that were hurt, that were good. Like you kind of got to, I said this on our chat, on the chat line during the game. Someone said, where has this Baron Morton been all season? I was like, I'll do you one better. Where have these wide receivers been all year? And it was been, they were hurt all season long. or Minimal games for all these guys. And maybe these were the guys we were going to be relying on that you didn't have. I, I like the concept that cleaning out the, the locker room completely and, and going to the, the floor and rebuilding it may solve this problem. I think what will really solve this problem is getting an offensive line in the portal and in high school recruiting in the next year that can protect your quarterback so he doesn't have to run and getting wide receivers that can make a break on the off the line and get open so he's got somebody to throw to so he doesn't have to check to the run so much. I think that would go a long way in protecting your quarterback. Those things have to happen, though. And we get to start that process on Wednesday. And from everything that we've seen, that I this is the time of year when I kind of pay attention to the recruiting and the transfer portal for guys coming in, that, okay, you've got some talented guys coming in, and a lot of them are already on campus, so that's good news. But they've got to get developed in a hurry. And I mean a hurry. Yeah. They, they, they need to come into spring going, we've got to get ready for this season today. It can't be, oh, we've got six months. It can't be whatever we saw from the Cowboys yesterday where we're riding high, we're good, we won the bowl game, and then you get schlacked. They need to have noses in, in playbooks and in the weight room and in the locker room and, and building that team chemistry and working with the, the quarterbacks need to be working with the receivers and all of that needs to be going on starting today because that clock starts for next year faster than you want it to. I'm sure all of this is already happening, too. Like, they know these things. They're not hearing anything from me right now that they haven't already been thinking. From the coaching staff and the leadership council that they have put together and the guys that are in charge over there right now with the strength and conditioning. But like you, there's a lot of us that look like Anakin Skywalker at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where he's all burnt toast. That y'all need to show us something. 
going into next year. I mean, we're still cheering for you. We're not, like, changing allegiances or anything, but burn me once. Shame on you. Burn me twice, that's on me, and I don't want it on me. If you have thoughts. We got a new toaster, by the way. You got a new toaster? Yeah. Does it First uh, time in 25 does years. Does it do the, the Star Wars toaster? So it's, it has the, the logo, the Star Wars logo or the Death Star on it? No. Missed opportunity. See <laughs> you the bench at 100.7 the score. Playing time is not required. This is the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 the score. 45 minutes away from Ask the Bench Warmers. Start getting those questions warmed up for us and get them to us on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at 107thescore.com. Or if you really want to be special, and you want to jump to the front of the line, pick up your phone, give Lucas a call on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973, and ask us your question directly that way. Both are acceptable ways to answer said, uh, to get said questions on the air. All questions will be answered. Keep in mind the question answer may be no. I'm not going to hit my head with a sledgehammer. Stop asking uh big weekend uh, this past weekend with tech football getting a bowl win tech basketball getting a win over vanderbilt before they get ready to uh, get back in action on thursday against ut arlington uta is not bad too by the way no when you first look at that game you're like oh look it's ut arlington we're facing another you know semi border not border conference school but a fringe school but they they're looking like a decently good basketball team that I'm not going to say could win the Big 12, but could no. definitely ruin some teams in the Big 12's night. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, by the way, ORU got destroyed by Oklahoma State, which I was hoping uh, the I'm sorry. Golden Eagles would be a little bit better there up in Stillwater, but they got beat by 21 yesterday afternoon. Ouch. So, team you only beat by six, and again, it's transit, transitive properties. Doesn't and, work. Yeah, it doesn't work, but... Just it's also something to keep an eye out on as um, you you watch teams that you've played play other programs that you're eventually going to play and Oklahoma State handled a, a where you by twenty one. Uh, Cowboys did something yesterday. I'm not sure they actually played. I mean, they were there. I actually saw Dak Prescott throw a pass. It was to the other team, but they were there. Uh, they're back in action on Sunday when they visit the Miami Dolphins. Texans got a big win over the weekend. Tyreek Hill did not play yesterday. And no, he it'll did not. be interesting to see if he does play against the boys. Uh, I have a feeling Dallas is going to bounce back in a big way from uh, this wake-up call they got up in uh, the state of New York. I'm just tired of, as a Cowboy fan, I am tired of them needing a wake-up call. Why does this has to ha- does this have to happen every single year? They get rolling and then because it's hard the to win football are. games. It it's not that they lost. I the the 49ers, I I'm not frustrated about the 49ers loss. You've got to have the wheels fall off against Arizona who is trying to lose. You have the wheels fall off yesterday against the Bills who if you were to ask almost any member of the Bills coaching staff, if you could take our guy or their guy across the board, you're going to have a more Cowboys-loaded roster than a Bills-loaded roster. And you go up and lay a giant egg. 
and forget how to play football. The Eagles lost earlier this season. I felt good about that loss because you were looking like a really good football team. You were executing. There was The only execution happened on all the Cowboys fans is they were upset yesterday. Have you seen um, points for and points against in the NFC? Cowboys are insane in this category. Yeah. Insane in the membrane even. Like the Eagles are 342-4-321 given. The Cowboys are 431-4-264 given. The only one that's insane. close to that is the 49ers. 425-4-234 given. You know what that tells me? What? They lose close games and blow out bad teams. Are the Eagles a bad team? I don't think the Eagles are a bad team. I think they had a really... I think they finally succumbed to their schedule at that point. And I think the Cowboys were playing at home and it was their Super Bowl. Did you see there were more people at Jerry World for the Texas high school state championships than at the Panthers game yesterday? I did not. That doesn't surprise me. Like, I'm not the biggest high school football fan when it comes to, to going to a game. But if I could get tickets for the ch- state championship day where you're watching like five games in one day, I'd go in a heartbeat. Absolutely, I would go and enjoy every single second of it in Cowboy Stadium. Like, that's the event. You get them all in. Do you know the Texans are tied for the division? I did. Jags 8-6, and six, Colts 8-6, and six, Texans 8-6. and six. Texans fought and scratched a victory yesterday. What do you think about the uniform gate? The Titans wore the Oilers uniforms. Uh-huh. Yesterday with the Texans in town. Yep. And what happened? They lost. Texans rolled in there, and they pulled the line from the Titans. You make them remember who originally wore that uniform. So you are passionate about it. I I didn't think I was going to raise your pulse at all, but then Um, you do that. The... uh, It's not the greatest travesty in sports. It is in my top 10 irritations in sports Mm. that the Tennessee Titans, who left Houston, have the the Oilers. And can wear the Oilers uniforms when the Houston team can't. You got to remember, the reason I'm a Cowboys fan is because the Oilers left. And I needed a team. And I will be danged if I was going to root for those guys. I so bad want a yard from the Super Bowl that kept them from winning. I just wanted it in a nice little frame. It doesn't have to be big. Just one yard. One yard of, of turf. That big would be perfectly fine for me. And I would hang that on my wall. Texans remaining schedule. Mm-hmm. Home Browns. Home Titans, Road, Colts. They're going to win the division. For a team that we didn't think was going to have a pulse this year, that's not bad. Trevor Lawrence is beat up. Mm -hmm. Concussion protocol. And you won yesterday without your starter. 
Yeah, who and, has been a stud. This and year. you got smoked by the Jets the week before. This has been a team that uh, I have not been able to figure out. And uh, we don't spend a lot of time on the Texans, I think, for good reason. Um, but what they're doing right now, I think, is pretty impressive, especially that win yesterday. And the for the state of Texas, when the Cowboys are good, it's good. But when both the Cowboys and whatever Houston team there is, either the Oilers or the Texans, when they're also good, it's just better. Because then you get the trash talking back and forth between the two fan bases. That when one of them is bad, it's not there. It's just, it's not the same. So I'm kind of enjoying the Texans' success. And want them to continue. I would just also like the Cowboys to figure out which way is the direction that they're supposed to go on offense and go that way instead of the other way like they kind of did yesterday. Maybe I'm a little more annoyed about the Cowboys' loss than I want to let on. I think you are. Yes. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Get your questions in now for Ask the Bench Warmers on 107thescore.com or the 100.7 The Score mobile app. And if you want to jump to the absolute front of the line, give us a call on the visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. Haxton, hmm. favorite five Christmas movies? Um, I'm not a big Christmas movie guy. It'd be Vacation. Uh, Christmas Story. Um, give me some cartoons. Is there any cartoons? Uh, Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's number one. Grinch. Um, nah, give or take. No. Rudolph. Eh. Frosty. Frosty. Uh, nah. Santa Claus is coming to town. No. None of those. None of the, no. the claymation. No. The the stop motion. No. Uh, what about the live version of Grinch? No. With the with uh, Wendy Hoo Hoo. Mm-hmm. Who not Hoo Hoo. Uh what is what is her name? Cindy. Cindy Woo, thank you. When do the owls get loose? Yeah, here? no kidding. Um what about like White Christmas? Or no. um some of the uh, It's a Wonderful Life? If it's on. If it's on. Home Alone? Yeah. Just get, not a big Christmas it's guy. Getting on my nerves. Home Alone is? Yeah. Because he's tearing up the house? Just a brat. Well, yeah, but he's defending his property. From the the wet bandits. It was so funny. I got in yesterday, and Mickey, the five-year-old girl, she starts giving me the synopsis. Because we... Before I left for Fort Worth, we watched Home Alone 1. Okay. And then she starts giving me a review of Home Alone 2. Daddy, I got to watch Home Alone 2... And Marv gets electrocuted. Yes, he does. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, and yes, he uh, does. what's the other one? What's Pesci's character's name? Oh, uh, Marv and Vern or something. Nah, you made me look this up now. Oh, anyway. Oh, what about Elf? I, I can't stand Elf. Can't stand uh-huh. Elf. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, she was breaking. Sorry. So and so. And the other guy gets on fire, gets caught on fire again, and um, I was just loving her breakdown. Harry. Hey, there we go. Yes. I was just about to jump in there with that. Harry and Marv. Yes. 
The Wet Bandits. The Wet Bandits. Um, you know, I get a little upset with on when it comes to, and the reason this sparks, I've seen this like a half a dozen times recently. Well, more than that. The explaining the movie to you uh, videos on TikTok and YouTube and all this and Facebook that, you know, did you know that in Home Alone, when the dad throws away the trash, there's Kevin's ticket? Well, no kidding. It's right there on the screen. It takes three seconds to explain it. This needed to be explained to you? Like, you didn't get that's why they paused on a trash can for five seconds of a movie that has so much action going on, you got to be paying attention? There are movies that absolutely need an explanation. Oh, that first scene where everybody's running around like crazy, I just want to... You've been there. Mm. You've been a dad with kids. I get mm. it. Hey, uh, CJ Nidkowski is gone from the Rangers broadcast. Really? Mm-hmm. He is that now. That just happened? Yeah, he's going to do that for the Braves now. Interesting. Yep. Nidkowski gone from the Rangers to the Bravos. I wonder Why? how that I happened. I don't know. I imagine more money. I imagine better job. Because let's be honest, who do you listen to if you're listening to the Rangers game? Eric Nadell. Right. And as you have said, when you first came to Texas, mm -hmm. that you had won Broadcaster of the Year in Oklahoma. And you know you have no shot in winning in Texas because of Eric Nadell and Brad Champ. Yeah, I'll never like, even get nominated. Right. And <laughs> you could be, and you are fantastic, and we love uh, you here. Yeah, thank you. And you do a fantastic job of telling us the stories of things. Yeah, I'm not I'm not but, eating up about it with uh, the line of guys and legends that I'm in behind. That so that's No, no, but it it's that's the kind of caliber that these teams have. It's interesting that that's where that's going. Well, I think Sham is the best in the NFL. I and well, maybe listen, I'll listen to Sham do the Cotton Bowl. I think it's between Sham and Harlan when it comes to overall football guy. I think Nadell's the best in baseball, period. Um, and then Cooperstein's great at what he does with the Mavericks. And it's a, it's a loaded state, that's for sure, when it comes to broadcasters. Sham, though, on basketball, that's not for me. I don't think he's... I don't think he's near what he is no. on football. Not not even close. It, it he can do basketball, but his home is football. Yeah. And what I like about Sham and, and I the reason I listen to the Cotton Bowl is because it's a, a neutral game for him to call. Mm -hmm. When he's doing the neutral game, he is exactly where you need him to be as a neutral broadcaster. He's telling you what's going on and describing it. When he's calling it for the Cowboys, he is a Cowboys fan with a microphone and saying the exact same things that we are saying as Cowboy fans. And why the heck did he throw the football right there? Right. Brad Cham says it as we're doing it, too. Mm -hmm. So that it's that balance of the Homer call while also being a fan call and still being able to make the switch to a neutral call is a talent that not all broadcasters have. And 
Joe Buck is in that category. Uh, Kevin Harland, hands down, is my favorite, but you're close. Uh, you're a close second. Hacks off the Yates Center. Thank you, man. Hey, I like that. If I'm tucked in there behind Kevin Harlan, I've done something right. Uh, this off the H. Lawrence Center chat line, he also has family in Atlanta, so I did not know that. Oh, Nikowski? Nikowski. Okay. Uh, I was today years old learning that Kevin's ticket was in the trash. Yep. Wow. Maybe I'm more observant than I should be. Because I caught that, like, in the theaters. Like, that's how it all worked. I could definitely be more. Uh, movie that could be your on your Christmas movie list, Bad Santa. Ah, now we're talking. There we go. There it is. Found him. He's right there. Look, found Jeff Haxton. Look at that smile. Man. When I first started traveling with Oral Roberts, it was mostly all with the women's team. Mm -hmm. And they were watching the softest, purest movies that you can watch. And no curse words, and it is going to be clean as a whistle, whatever they put on on the bus. Okay. Then I got to fill in for Neely, and I got to get on the men's bus. And we went down to Shreveport, Louisiana, to play Centenary. I'll never forget this. We don't get out of the parking lot, and Scott Sutton puts on Bad Santa. I was like, okay. This This is a different animal. (laughs) This is a different place now, and this may be a little bit more fun. And I may actually get fed after the game, too, because the women would not, you know, be like, get on the bus, and everybody had food but me. Oh. And then so all of a sudden, I started getting fed. And I was hey. like, this is, okay, these guys aren't inconsiderate jerks. Just the girls. Just the girls. Well, yeah. Shows you how welcome I was. Um, I've repeatedly said, when it comes to media meals for, you know, whether it's before football or for basketball or whatever, Always grateful, always unnecessary. I'm coming to the game to watch the game. Always grateful for them being there. And I always have the option to go down to the nachos if I don't like what you're serving. Mm-hmm. I am allowed to get off of my wallet and go get lunch. Yeah. But on the broadcast, slip a man a hot dog or something, man. Come mm. on. I remember uh, the He's head, one of you. The head coach, they had had Outback Steakhouse. They had steaks and chicken fingers uh-huh. and all the good stuff in the boxes, okay? Oh, man. He, we're going down the road. This was in Shreveport too. And he hands me a loaf of bread. You know, those little loaves uh, of bread. Everybody else is dying. Yes, I you mean, get a loaf of bread. And he says, here, Jeff, have a loaf. I wanted to just turn around and throw it right in his face. But it was, you know, really good bread. So you ate it. I had to, had, yeah. I was starving. Hacks, <laughs> and that does it for us. We're going to get out of the way and let uh, Clint Scott get in here. And Mr. Chris Sneed. Get those fellas in here. I imagine they're going to be not talking about bread as much as we were today. And sad for them. Bread is good. For Haxton, for Lucas, I'm Jeff. For Choice, who isn't here today. See you on the bench at 100.7 The Score. This has been the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 107thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.